Inside Chicago Government. Welcome to another series of interviews with Ben Jarowski. I'm Dave Gloetz. Ben writes on government and politics for the Chicago Reader. He's here with me today. Good day, sir. Thank you, sir. Today we're talking about schools generally. The first thing I want to talk about is a blog post that you wrote on June 1st, 2015, titled The School Board's Moment of Insight on Charters. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember writing that, yes. In that blog post, you described how the Board of Education postponed a decision on allowing Noble Street Charter Schools to open a new school in Uptown. This came after vocal opposition from the community, which included parents of existing neighborhood school students and 47th Ward Alderman Amea Powar. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little Charter School 101 for our listeners. Okay. Proponents of charter schools, one of whom is Governor Bruce Rauner, say that charter schools are important to have because parents want and should have more choices as to where to send their kids. What's wrong with that argument? The notion that people should have more choice in and of itself sort of torpedoes the choice that they have because if you defund the schools to create more schools without pouring more money in to create more schools, then effectively you're eliminating the funding for schools, so there's actually less choice. So it's sort of a statement, a worldview. So what you're saying is that when you create more schools, you take available resources, that is funding, and spread it more thinly. Because it's a zero-sum game, you have fewer resources generally, and so it screws up the existing. Yeah, so you ultimately don't have more choice because there's fewer schools. The great Linda Lutton, the education reporter for WBEZ, last year, I remember she mentioned this, and she had written this in the past, that effectively the charters have been a replacement for the schools that the Board of Ed have closed, and that by and large the charters, if you measure strictly by test scores, which seems to be the only game in town these days, they do about as well or the same. I don't know if the word well is an appropriate word, but they do about the same as the schools they replace. That's given also that they get to cherry pick the students that come on some level. On some level. The point is, is that you're really not getting choice. You're just substituting one kind of school for another kind of school. Choice is just the marketing package that they put on it to make it appealing. And I'm not even certain that the market principles that are underlying this whole scheme, which is what supposedly choice is all about. In other words, the principles of supply and demand even work in this situation, which is the real goal, supposedly, is to make sure that children from the poorest, most economically deprived communities learn at the same pace as their peers who come from wealthier communities. I don't believe that the principles of supply and demand, which is sort of what this whole choice argument is rooted in, are applicable. Certainly not the way they put into effect. Part of the idea is that a school would be better because uh, it would have better teachers, but charter schools pay less money for teachers. So how can you fool yourself into thinking you're going to get the quote-unquote best teachers if you pay them less? I think that um, this is all just marketing jargon, which is just intended largely to uh, use charters as a way to destroy teachers' unions. That's what I think. Just taking your, your line to a, it's perhaps illogical conclusion, if the laws of supply and demand don't apply to the way that charters are set up now, can you imagine how they might be? <laughs> okay, the law of supply and demand 
and marketing laws would be the idea that parents would choose one school or another and would always constantly be able to go to a quote-unquote better school, much the same way consumers can choose one phone or the other and ultimately wind up with the best phone. The two shouldn't even be in the same category. I mean, if you're operating a school system where schools are constantly closing and opening and some kids are stuck in the quote-unquote bad schools and the downtime between the moment the better school opens and the bad school closes, you're just sacrificing another generation of students to constant turmoil and change and bad schools. So it's not really applicable to phones. If a phone company goes out of business because it's providing a bad phone service, oh well, that's the marketplace. That's the risk they took. But education, we have a greater purpose with education. It's all about making us a better society. Our children are more educated. They're going to be better citizens. The chances of them having a job and raising a family and not going the wrong way, you know, winding up in jail will be greater. So there's a societal benefit to a school that's not there with a phone. So I think it's always been deceiving and misleading to apply a rule of the marketplace, private marketplace, to this very public good or this need. Ben, that's all we have time for. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, sir. Listeners, we always welcome your questions, comments, and suggestions. You can get that stuff to us by going on Twitter and Facebook, searching for Inside Chicago Government, or emailing us via contact at shygov.com. I'm Dave Glowatz. Thanks for listening.